0: Bienvenue and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Here La Deuce.
1: And lightning ships will come to grips.
0: First, how are we doing? I hope this episode of The Musical Man finds you well, as always. But I have to tell you, it's just Patty and I in the stage left studio today, and we are on a tight schedule. Oh, my goodness places to go, people to be, ooh, <laughs> we're shapeshifters, so we're on a tight schedule, so let's boot, scoot, and boogie our way into the showfax for Irma La Le Patty, let's go, let's put a foot on the accelerator, show me the showfax. let's go. Irma La translated as Irma the Sweet, first premiered at the theater Grand in France on November 12th, 1956. The French French production ran for four years, during which time a West End version opened on July 17, 1958. The London production ran for three years, during which time the Broadway edition premiered. The French, West End, and Broadway productions of Irma Ledouce ran simultaneously alongside Mountings in Canada, South Africa, Australia, Germany, Spain, Sweden Denmark, Italy, the Netherlands Belgium, Brazil and Argentina. The world had a fever and her name was Irma. Irma Irma not Irma La was a 1961 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on Broadway on September 28, 1960 at the Plymouth Theatre before transferring to the Alvin Theatre in October 1961. The production ran for a total of 524 performances. The original French book was by Alexandre Brafort. The libretto states that <laughs> the, the libretto states that the book comes from <laughs> his, his novel, which is about the underworld. I don't know why I'm laughing so much. It's about the underworld of Montmartre. And uh, that's where the story was taken from. I guess I'm laughing because I found no evidence for the existence of this novel. And so I assume the novel was never published and it was simply adapted into a show. That's not funny, Jonathan. Struggling novelist. That's not funny. Well, I, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I, I find it to be amusing on some level, apparently. The English book was written by Julian Moore, David Henniker, and Monty Norman. The music was by Marguerite Monon. Prior to the success of Irma, Manon was known as one of Edith Piaf's, the French star, the icon Edith Piaf. Manon was one of her chief collaborators, writing the music for such breakouts as Milord and Im Alamor. The Walt Disney Company invited Manon to America so she could write for their films, but she refused to leave France. Je ne quitterai jamais la France! Edith Piaf receives a shout-out in one of the Irma songs, though for the life of me, I cannot remember which. I won't look it up. You can't make me. We have dance music by none other than John Kander himself. Hello, John. Original French lyrics were by Alexandre Braffaut. The English lyrics were written by Julian Moore, David Henniker, and Monty Norman, hello again. The director of the original Broadway production was Peter Brook. Musical director Stanley Lebowski. Orchestrations Andre Bup, with additional orchestrations by Robert Ginsler. Choreographer Ona White. Scenic design Rolf Gerard. Lighting design Joe Davis. Sound design N.A. No, no, no. We've gone too far back in time for sound design. Costume design of course. We have costumes and those were created by Rolf Gerard. And the original Broadway cast was as follows. We have Keith mitchell reprising their role from the london production elizabeth seal reprising their role from the london production and clive Ravel reprising their role from the london production you might also remember clive's name from our coverage of oliver he played fagan in oliver we also have stuart Demont Fred Gwynn. If you know Fred Gwynn, you probably know him from The Munsters. He was the Frankenstein character, Herman, in The Munsters. He was also in Pet Cemetery, and of course, my cousin Vinny. We have George S. Irving, Arik Lavie, Zach Matalon, Osborne Smith, George Del Monte. I'm just going to apply a French accent to all of these names, and it's going to be terrible. Michael Fesco, Rico Froelich, Eddie Gasper, and Elliot Gould. Hello from MASH Oceans 11, 12, and 13. The Long Goodbye, Kim Possible. Hello, Elliot. Gould played several minor roles in Irma La including a priest and a prisoner. He soon graduated to larger roles on Broadway in, and I can get it for you wholesale, Drat, The Cat, and Little Murders. And rounding out to this cast, we have Byron Mitchell, Joe Rocco, and Rudy Tronto. Tony nods. Let's talk about Tony nods. The show won Best Actress in a Musical, which went to Elizabeth Seal, and it was additionally nominated for Best Musical, of course, but also Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Clive Ravel. Best Costume Design for a Musical, Rolf Charard. Best Choreography, Ona White. Best Direction of a Musical, Peter Brook. And Best Conductor and Musical Director, Stanley Lebowski. Seven nominations in total. If you do that math, it works out. One award at the end of the night. As far as the plot of Irma LaDuce is concerned, the Time is, according to the libretto, quote, not so long ago. Quote, did I say libretto? (laughs) Oh, I might be going a little bit too fast, Patty. Maybe I should slow down just a little bit. The place is Paris, France. You know Paris. We all know Paris. Narration, commentary, and exposition are provided by a fellow known only as Bob. Bob, Madonna, Cher, Bob, Bob. The show opens with a monologue from Bob, one of several sprinkled throughout the libretto. I could play the monologue for you. It's on both cast albums, but that would rob you of my interpretation of said monologue. Ahem. Here's the monologue. This is the first line in the show. Don't worry, it's quite suitable for the children. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm already here. I I pay for my fucking ticket, Bob. I can't go anywhere. Here's the rest of that monologue. A story about passion, bloodshed, desire, and death. Everything, in fact, that makes life worth living. It happened not long ago in Paris, in the rain, in the narrow back streets behind Pigalle. We call this part of Paris the milieu, where the only crime is to get caught. And avoiding the fleeks, cops, is our favorite pastime. Quote, that's the monologue that we start out with. It's fine. Bob owns the Bar Inquietis, the bar of the uneasy, where the jukebox acts as a serve-yourself-hashish dispenser, and all of the cutlery is chained to the bar. You can't take the cutlery, it's chained to the fucking bar. The regular patrons include Jojo, Roberto, Pascal, and Francha These small-time crooks have a lot of stage time, but never make much of an impact on the story. I would compare them to the Marx Brothers in as much as they provide an otherwise romantic story with comedic relief. FYI, the quartet is referred to as the Mechs, or the Dudes. They're the Dudes. Allow me to introduce you to our news. We have Nestor, the naive law student, and Irma, a sex worker who is très populaire on the streets of Paris. The money Irma makes is given to a rogue named Polite, played by Fred Gwynne. Polite, in turn, uses the money to bribe the police inspector. Polite and the inspector are highly dependent on this arrangement, as we come to find. Nestor comes to Irma's defense when Polite attacks her at the bar. Irma is impressed. She invites Nestor to have a drink with her. <laughs> One drink becomes several, and soon they are falling into each other's arms. It is nothing short of amor. <laughs> but Nestor becomes jealous of Irma's clients. She's sleeping with a lot of guys. He wants Irma all to himself, and so... So he masquerades. He disguises himself as a wealthy older man named Oscar. After all, if a lady of the night can obtain one rich customer, she'll have no need for others. (laughs) Perfect plan. It all works out. No, it doesn't. Polite and the inspector are upset by this development. Nestor and Oscar have completely cut off their source of income. Mared. Nestor quickly comes to despise his alter ego. Irma will not stop talking about how she admires Oscar, how the old man treats her so well, blah, blah, blah. It is exasperant. Nestor decides to kill Oscar and confesses to the crime while visiting Bob's bar. I, Nestor, have murdered Oscar. Oscar. Our hero is arrested by the inspector for confessing to this murder and sentenced to life in prison. Uh Uh-oh. Note, The corrupt judge who presides over Nestor's trial is played by Bob, for reasons I cannot determine. He's talking to us the whole time. Hi, it's me, Bob. I'm the judge. Isn't this fun? I'm sure it's hilarious in practice, if not on the page. Nestor is sent to Devil's Island alongside Jojo, Roberto, Persil, and Franjapan. The dudes were marked as accomplices to Oscar's murder or some such thing. I don't know. It is sans importance. Polite and and the inspector do their best to regain control over Irma, but she abuses every client they send to her. Merd! Irma writes to Nestor announcing he will be a father by Christmas, mon dieu! With assistance from the dudes, Nestor escapes Devil's Island and sails out to sea on a makeshift raft. After surviving delirium and a treacherous journey down the Amazon, don't ask, Nestor and the dudes are relieved to find themselves back in France. Ha 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 By this time, Nestor has grown a beard, which leads everyone to believe he is Oscar, back from the dead. Our hero uses this to his advantage and appears before the inspector as Oscar, insisting Nestor did not kill him and is therefore innocent. The inspector is dubious at first. Who wouldn't be? But the gambit eventually pays off when Nestor pays off the inspector. Nestor shaves his beard and returns to Irma on Christmas Day, moments after the birth of their twin sons. The first shall be named Nestor and the second shall be named Oscar. Oh, c'est magnifique. That's the end of the plot. Not a lot going on (laughs) overall. That's why it was so short. Okay, let's talk about my research sources. For the purposes of this week's episode, I read the English libretto by Julian Moore, David Henneker, and Monty Norman, which you can read for yourself. You can get it free via Concord Theatricals. You have to sorta sort your way through a a bunch of scans. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but you know, if you wanna do it, I wouldn't recommend reading it, it's not that great. But if you want to, it's free. It's zero, zero dollars. I also listened to the 1958 original London cast album of Irmaladuce, as well as the 1960 original Broadway cast album. Listen up, my snackables. The 1958 London album is my preferred recording, and you will be hearing a hearty amount of audio from it today, okay? Any objections? I thought not, my snackables. How is this new term of affection treating everyone? Any objections? Oh, <laughs> so many, I, I, I apologize, my snack, <laughs> my, 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 my my friends, my friends, please, stay with me, stay with me. I chose to forego Billy Wilder's 1963 adaptation of Irma LaDuce, which stars Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine, because it is not a musical. Who has time for non-musical adaptations of musicals? Not I, said the duck, quack, quack. Question, do you think Fosse saw Shirley MacLaine in Irma La the movie, and thought of her when prepping the sweet charity film? Ah, maybe I could look it up, but I won't. It is now time to deconstruct the score of Irma La Le Let us begin with the 1958 London recording of the opening number, Vols Milieu.
2: It happened not so long ago, in Paris, in the rain, in the narrow back streets behind Pigalle. We call this part of Paris the milieu, where the only crime is to get caught. And avoiding the fleeks is our favourite pastime. This is the milieu. A midnight silhouette, a dusty room to let, the blaring balbuzette playing a valse. Milia The smell of stale galois Pilot games in the bars The sirens of police cars Playing a false Milia This is the Paris that blossoms at night Hiding in whispers away from the light This is the Paris that turns in its sleep Up on the hill Where the sad gutters weep the shunting of a train, the lamppost in the rain, the street girl's sad refrain, known as the last Amelia. Once upon a time there was a pool. You don't know what a pool is, or you'll soon find out. Every evening, this pool would stroll up and down near the bridge of Colin Corp
3: You've got the time, Sherry. Pretend. My love is free, and why not come with me, dancing the
2: vals, milieu. This is the way the pool would earn money for her boss, or as we say in the milieu, grisby for her mech. This is the system. Mech gets pool, pool gets grisby. Grisby goes to Mech and buys him his handmade shirts, his painted ties, his drinks, his bets, his crepes Suzettes. It's simple economics, huh?
0: You know what? I actually, I, I've decided that I like Bob. I like Bob, okay? Prince, Bjork, Adele, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Bob. Hello, Bob. The spoken word portions of Volse milieu are surprisingly soothing, which I attribute to the toasty piano line and Clive Ravel's equally toasty delivery. Those moments call to mind the black box intimacy of a show like The Fantastics, which leads me to believe Ravel would have made a fine Elgar. Yeah, sure. Valsmulier is not an invigorating opening number, all things considered. I imagine several people fell asleep after becoming lost in the proverbial sauce, but it did inspire a mild affection for Bob. I like Bob, and Lord knows I do not feel the same way about Nestor or Irma. Nestor, Irma, no, no, no thanks. Up next, okay, we're gonna be, uh, Patty? Uh, hello. <laughs> Hello there! I would like to play two clips back-to-back if you don't mind. The first is from Trey Trey Snob, which can be found on the London cast album, and the second is from Sons of France, which can be found on the Broadway cast album. Trey Trey Snob and Sons of France are the same number fraternal twins for all intents and purposes, with the key difference being their central proclamation, their title essentially. Which do I prefer, though? that's the question. We'll find out after the clips.
2: I'm renowned for the excellence of my cellar. The handiest hideout in Montmartre. Poor oh, boys, I forgot all about them. Let's see. Who's down there tonight?
0: Jojo, lazie
2: Jojo, the dirty eye. Roberto, le the Roberto, the rock. Ersil la nua. Ercil the shady. Frajepal. The flower. The noble, strong, and pure. and
1: right in our prime. Here we stand, the crema de la crema. Crime.
2: Our allure and our sheep hasn't come by chance. We have worked and slaved as worthy sons of France. We know every trick, how to pluck and pick people's pockets very quick. But the wallet must be thick, and that's because we're children's church- church- I'm renowned for the excellence of my wine cellars, the handiest hideout in more math. Boys, i would forgotten all about them. Let's see. Who's down there tonight? Jojo Jou-jou, the dirty eyes. Roberto the rocks. Yasile. the shady. Frangipane, the flower. Noble, strong, and pure. Braven in our prime. Here we stand the creme de la creme of crime. We have laws of our own that we never break. When we rob the rich, it's for the poor man's sake. Poor man's sake. Noble Sons of France, when it comes
4: to high finance, we are very worthy
0: Sons of France. All right, no more dilly-dallying. The 10 billion dollar question. Billion with a B. Which is better, Trey Trey Snob or Sons of France? It's no contest. Trey Trey Snob is the champion. The apex predator. If these rascally dudes are going to cast themselves in an ironic light, for my amusement, I want them to do it in French, by God. Belch and bark and bray in your native tongue, my boys. Do not assimilate for America's sake. The Broadway translation of Irma differs from that of the West End in a number of ways, lyrically speaking, I mean. But these alterations only succeed in diluting the show's personality, for the most part, except for one exception we will talk about later. A personality, by the way, that was not highly developed to begin with. Maybe keep a few of those mo. Mold- and blemishes. Ah, it's called character. The West End and Broadway companies seem to agree that speed is essential when it comes to delivering this material. Irma Laduce may be a laugh riot en francais, but the English translation, take your pick between the two, lies about as flat as a flapjack. Speed helps in this case. It lends the material a crucial bit of energy that may keep your audience engaged, even if it's on an artificial level. Uh, What I'm trying to say is trick them. Trick them into believing fast equals funny because this libretto will only choke on the air you give to it. Fuck the pinter paws, okay? I want you to ride this baby like a fucking freight train. More coal on the boiler, Mr. Templeton! We must deliver this medicine to the children!
3: Would you have a drink with me, Monsieur Nestor?
1: No, no, thank you, Madame Yuma. The merest whiff of alcohol, and I'm a prey to severe heartburn.
3: <laughs> a small anise can't hurt.
1: Well, if you insist.
5: Salut.
1: Salut. 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 A cigarette?
3: Not now. And you? Please have. Have what?
1: Just one more drink.
3: I must be on my way. Stay. Stay.
1: Stay. Your face, your voice, your touch. Dido coco. They mean so much.
3: My heart is full
1: My love is yours I want
4: Want what? Want who?
0: Kalancourt threw me off balance by demonstrating a real understanding of character and atmosphere with 30 seconds left on the clock. The song well and truly comes to life in those 30 seconds. The harmonies are simultaneously horny and mournful, the sort of elongated moans that only the lonely can produce in a dimly lit bar. This could serve as the foundation for a much better number, a real bedroomized ballad for the age but that potential is never fulfilled. Fulfilled? No! Oh! Quel dommage! That was the London version of the Bridge of Calancourt, by the way. We are now going to switch over to Broadway so that we can hear a bit of don Didon Hit it, Patty!
3: high above the ground.
0: reminder, Elizabeth Seal reprised her West End performance on Broadway, you remember me telling you that, which might lead you to assume her characterization of Irma was consistent between the two productions. No, that's not true. Seal is more indulgent on the Broadway recording. She puts too much pressure on the comedic beats while choosing to operate at a higher volume and pitch. It may not be disastrous, but it is mildly annoying. Didon Didon could be a stupendous party number, I have no doubt about that, but Seal is too busy winking and cooing and nudging to make a genuine impression. Is this a charming ingenue I see before me, or the corny spokesperson for a beer campaign? But Jonathan, you say she won the Tony Award. Well yeah, I understand. I, I do, I accept the terms of reality, even if they mean nothing to me. Uh, do me a favor, get off my back. Patty, I would like to now play, if you don't mind, the Broadway version of The Wreck of a Mech. The Broadway version, if you please. <laughs> kel Kel Kel, fromage.
1: I used to be a strong, always bang the gong, passionate young stallion Was made of sterner stuff, stamina enough for a whole battalion Was never satisfied, could have qualified for a gold medallion But now I've got to go out to work, my love life's driving me berserk Worn out and weary, I'm up every day at five Blunted and bleary I'm more dead than I'm alive Day after day Always on the job Till I'm fit to break Then home to bed There's another job How to keep awake Polish and polish Till midnight begins to chime And I don't even get paid Casanova time Too tired to do anything But just give a little peck What's to become of this nervous wreck of a mech? I wish I were a monk in a single bunk living in seclusion. I would lock the door, there would be no more feminine intrusion. But I'm in such a great dehydrated state of complete confusion. I'd like to dig a hole ten feet deep and try and get a bit of sleep. and dejected, I've emptied the loving cup. Maimed and dissected, oh, how can I keep it up? I burn the candle or turn it ends every single night. But there's no flame, only wish I knew how to keep a light. Polish and polish and polish without a stop. I'd like to polish off Oscar before I drop. I'm just a shell walking on my knees, like to lose low track. Look what befell this pathetic wreck of a
5: man.
0: I may not be a working actor, but I know everyone is looking for material that sets them apart from the rest of the pack. A song that will surprise and delight the people in the room because it has not been reheated by thousands of other actors. The Wreck of a Mech might be one of those songs, especially if you're going out for shows with a slightly darker edge. Slightly. Shows like The Mystery of Edwin Drood, or Jacques Brel is Alive and Well and Living in Paris. The Wreck of a Mech is very much in line with A Man Could Go Quite Mad from Drood. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm trying to help you. Why won't you let me help you? Lyrically, the Broadway version of Wreck is substantially different from its West End predecessor. For example, on Broadway, Nestor describes himself as, quote, Drained and dejected, quote, whereas on the West End he describes himself as, and I want to give you a content warning here because you are about to hear some outdated and offensive, potentially offensive slang, he describes himself on the West End recording as, quote, fagged out, defeated, quote, According to Google, fagged out is an English phrase synonymous with feeling exhaustion, so it makes sense in context, sure, but I don't blame anyone for thinking, "Eh, let's try to avoid that particular word if at all possible. Sounds more than reasonable to me, a gay man who is routinely exhausted.
1: There's a part. Paris right next door to hell now it seems like heaven from a prison cell there's a call A girl who gave to me a love so bittersweet Now I'd give my right arm for one sight of her To love and live again The sheer delight of her
0: Yes, that was the Broadway version of From a Prison Cell. All right. I feel the need to distinguish between London and Broadway every single time we hear something because I don't want you to be confused. You're my little baby birds and I want to take care of you. I've already compared one song from Mira Laduce to the work of Jacques Brel, and I could do it again, by God, I could do what I have the power. But instead, I will say this. If you are auditioning for Kiss of the Spider Woman, from a prison cell might very well earn you a callback. There are no guarantees in life, of course, but this is a reasonably affecting song that would only be made sharper by a smart and talented performer. Eh, maybe you? Who knows? Embrace the desolation of Nestor. Nestor is desperate and lonely and horny. So horny. He longs for Irma's touch. Ah, oh, the comfort of her naked body against his, oh, these are strong emotions worth exploring. Everyone is free to ignore my advice, but they do so at their own peril. I want to hear Irma LaDuce, the title number, I want to hear it, but I, I don't want to hear the London version, Patty. No, I want to hear the Broadway version of Irma LaDuce. If you please, thank you in advance. You're welcome.
5: What's the use of living?
3: Nothing matters anymore a feeling that i would never felt before Suddenly my Paris is a city full of lies Paris is a stranger in a cynical disguise Behind the gay facade The streets are cold and hard The shutters. Locked and barred Irma Ladou No more A neon painted face A meaningless embrace A love that leaves no trace Irma Ladou No more What's the use of memories that only bring you pain? Gone the magic spell of weddings at La Madeleine. What's the use of praying when there's nothing to believe? When I build my dream world, it's myself that I deceive.
0: I did not expect one half of the title number to be an embittered takedown of France and its national brand of romantic mystique, but it's the half I like best, that's for sure. I, that's for sure. I am not interested in Irma when she begins to pick herself up. That's all nonsense to me. Irma's not even doing it for herself. She's doing it for Nestor, her complete zero of a leading man. No, 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 no. no. Give me Irma when she is at the height of her shrew powers stalking the streets of Paris with a clenched fist and an evil eye the shutters of this city are closed to me when I see lovers embrace it makes me wanna puke this country was built on a rat's nest of lies like yes, ah, go off mama, Irma, light the match and burn this place to the ground
2: national has come to its end you're back in Pegal. you're gypped by a friend your girl waits for you a tear in her eye she says she's been true but how she can lie if, if you
1: springtime again all over the
2: town you walk by the Seine. you see someone drown the old eiffel town up there with your love you give her a flower oh, you give her a shove if you want bee or rose here we go there is
1: only one paris for that for that where are
2: Uh, all lovely and pink An old Monseigneur is reeking of drink A beautiful street A grand boulevard Where
1: children so sweet Are selling my mind If you want La or rose lock them up There is only one Paris for that
0: you heard just then was the London recording of there is only one Paris for that. Yes, yes, I say more anti-France rhetoric. This is fun. People are drowning in the Seine, falling from the top of the Eiffel Tower because they were shoved, shoved by their murderous lovers. This is a portrait I could examine for hours. I am not anti-France myself to be clear. I simply relate to people who rail against their homeland while refusing to leave. We hate it, but we love it. here. You're not allowed to make fun of it. We are, because we live here. Chicago is a mess, but I'm not going anywhere. Not anytime soon. Jojo, Roberto, Persil, and Fran Japan are quite charming throughout. There is only one Paris for that. I like how they gas each other up with their interjections. Get ready, Max, they say! Here we go! I like that. I think that's a lot of fun. You won't hear those interjections on the Broadway album, which is a shame. On the flip side, the London album does not include a jaunty thing Theme for penguins. Can we play the penguin theme from the Broadway recording?
1: I'm frozen
2: stiff, so am I.
1: Look, penguins.
0: That was the penguin theme from the Broadway recording of Irma LaDuce. We are going to close out this deconstruction of the score with some audio from Christmas Child, but specifically the Broadway version. Huh? Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Child is such a weird note to end on. What exactly is going on here between the booming choir vocals and the clattering of the church bells? This is not in keeping with the style that the show has established over the course of the evening. And where the hell is Bob? I demand a final word from Bob. That man brought us into his world and he should be the one to take us out of it, right? Of course, right. Uh, well, hold on. I am a fool, Bob. Bobby, oh, you do indeed have a final monologue. I apologize. I simply forgot about it five seconds after I read it. Here we go. Here's that monologue quote. And for those who are in any doubt about the morality of this story, let me assure you that Nestor and Irma soon got married. But what of Oscar? Well, from time to time, he would visit Irma and the children on his frequent visits to Paris. Nestor did not mind at all. In fact. The husband and lover became as one a unique situation in the history of French marriage. Quote, so hello, I guess my question is, and I thank you, Bob, for speaking up, it's It's everything I ever could have wanted. Did Irma ever find out about Nestor's twisted, his twisted chicanery? I love how sometimes I say, I say Nestor and then sometimes I say Nestor. (laughs) Is is Irma going along to get along at a certain point? What does she know? And if she knows anything, when did she know it? When did she discover these things? I am not comfortable with the idea that Irma is always in the dark when it comes to the subject of Oscar. She should know who she's fucking. Heterosexuality is a monster. leaps out at us from the shadows claws raised and teeth bared and i think we should kill it so that's the end of the deconstruction of the score it is now time to hear from our fine fine sponsor five six seven eight coffee they keep the lights on they're the ones who help us fund the fact Uh, fund this studio for god's sake so let's hear from them i love them i got my mug right here patty she's raising her mug right now let's hear it take it away five six seven eight I've seen all this before. Where are all the other mugs? We have some right here, and then I think they can be very interesting with- No, no, I just- it's just baffling to me. Why is it so impossible to put together a decent brunch menu? You people have had hours and hours to prepare. It's just so confusing to me. Where are the croissants? Uh, we- we have some croissants from Banana Republic. Well, then we need more, don't we? Oh, this is, uh, hmm... What do you think? Huh. Yeah. Well, you know me. Give me a tofu omelet and a hint of Tabasco and I'm on board. Mm, but do you think it's too much like... like... the skillets from July? I thought that too, but no. With the right toppings, it should work. And where are the coffee options for this? Ugh, why is no one ready? Here. It's a tough call. They're so different. Mm. <laughs> Something funny? No. No, no, nothing's... You know, it's just both of those coffees taste exactly the same to me. I'm still learning about this stuff and... This... stuff? Oh. Okay, I see. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your pantry and you select, I don't know, that lumpy instant coffee, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put into your body. But what you don't know is that coffee is not just instant, it's also not mountain grown, it's not roasted, it's not even the cheapest brand on the market. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de La Renta used 5678 coffee as a point of inspiration for his edible gowns. And then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who served frittatas and 5678 at his military compound? I think we're going to. Eat frittatas here. Mm. However, that coffee represents millions of dollars and countless jobs, and it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the beverage industry when, in fact, you're consuming a coffee that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff. Five, six, seven, eight coffee, Andy. You can count on it. I, I am so sorry, Maria. That's all. Final thoughts regarding Irma LaDuce. Put this on the poster. Irma LaDuce, a marginally pleasant waste of time. See it or go to dinner. That's what I would put on the poster. In 1961, the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was Bye Bye Birdie, and the only other nominee that season was Do Re Mi, only three shows. A remarkably short list of nominees considering the bumper crop of snubs. So many shows that were snubbed. Camelot, Thirteen Daughters, The Conquering Hero, Donnybrook, The Happiest Girl in the World, Tenderloin, The Unsinkable Molly Brown, and Wildcat. So many snubs! I'm sure all of these shows have their fans, but my gut is telling me Camelot and Wildcat should have been nominated for Best Musical. Bye bye, Birdie, shall continue to be the winner, but it should be rubbing elbows with a few more shows, me thinks. Competition, a little bit more competition would have been healthy back then. Three shows, come on, come on, be be a little bit more charitable, all right? It is now time to rank Ian Maladuce against all of the other shows we have talked about here on the podcast. As always, if you want to check out this ranking of ours, this list, all you have to do is go to twitter.com slash musicalmanpod. There you will find our link tree. You'll go to that spreadsheet. sheet via the link tree, and on the second tab, you will find that ranking. I am going to place Irma Ledoux at number 91, between Jamaica at number 90, and an American in Paris at number 92. As always, this ranking can change. We have no changes to announce this time around. No, no, no. But, you never know. You never know when I'm gonna change things up. So, always pay attention. Pay attention! I have a few pieces of show-related ephemera for you. Of course, these all relate to Irma Ledoux in one way or another. I want to circle back to the collaboration between Marguerite Manon and Edith Piaf. I want to hear those songs that they collaborated on. I want to hear Milord, and I want to hear "Him à l'amour. Patty, can we do that? Ah, yes! She says yes. Let's do that.
5: Allez, venez, Milord, Il fait si froid dehors Ici c'est confortable Laissez-vous faire, Milord Et prenez bien vos aises Vos peines sur mon cœur Et vos pieds sur une chaise Je vous connais, Milord Vous ne m'avez jamais vue Je ne suis qu'une fille du port Une ombre de la rue Pourtant je vous efforlés, quand vous passiez hier, vous n'étiez pas peu fière d'âme, le ciel vous comblait, votre foulard de soie, flottant sur vos épaules, vous aviez le beau rôle, on aurait dit le roi, vous marchiez en vainqueur au bras d'une demoiselle. Dieu, qu'elle était belle, j'en ai froid dans le coeur Alévenez, Midor, vous asseoir à ma table, il est fait si froid. Dehors. Sur nous peut s'effondrer et la terre veut bien s'écrouler. De ma bonne, si tu m'aimes, je me fous du monde entier tant que l'amour. I'm a mother,
0: fromage Yes, yes, yes. Now let's hear Elliot Gould saying She Touched Me from the 1965 Broadway musical Drat the Cat. You remember me talking about Drat the Cat? Okay, well we're going to hear a little bit of it now. Now!
1: She touched me She put her hand on mine right there She touched me I feel a sort of tingle where she touched me a sparkle a glow she knew it it wasn't accidental no she knew it she smiled and seemed to tell me so all through it she knew it I
4: know Act. She touched me, control myself, and try to
1: act as if I remember my name. But
4: she touched me, but she touched me, and it's all
0: i finally, if we're going to be on the subject of Elliot Gould, I feel like we should also hear this commercial for Faces International. This is Elliot Gould, spokesperson for Faces International. What is Faces International? Well, just be quiet and you'll figure
4: it out. Elliot Gould for Faces International. Ever thought of acting, modeling, or commercials, even part-time? This is the entertainment industry's resource for new talent, FACES International. It works. I know because I've worked with people who got their start here, like Natasha Bobo, an adorable kid who co-starred in a TV series with me. Thousands of casting directors, agents, and producers see it. It's a great way to get your break, too. For your free on-camera screen test, call 312-53-FACES.
0: I also found an Australian ad for Jenny Craig in which Gould says, presumably with a knife in his fucking back, quote, What with Crocodile Dundee and Jenny Craig, it's no wonder they call you the lucky country. Quote, The audio quality is terrible, so you'll have to trust me on this one. I put way too much life into it. He sounds like a... He sounds like a goddamn automaton. Uh, you know what, maybe we will play it after the outro. Who can say, maybe we will, maybe we won't. You'll have to wait, you'll have to wait. Who can say if I've been changed for the better? But, has a but ever, has a butt ever been infused with more weight? But, ha <laughs> this is not wicked, Jonathan. To determine which show we discuss next, we'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as, yes, the random number generator. I named, after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show, vaporwave egomaniacs of the 99th century. Everyone ready? Then away we go. <laughs> Well, th- time period seems familiar to me. It's 2022. This is a 2022 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It is on Broadway right now. It is running. It is open as of this recording. It has logged 408 performances as of October 9th, 2022. I feel like I should have done a better job in terms of getting more up-to-date numbers, but uh, trust me, when we talk about this show properly, I will give you the most up-to-date information. It's six. One, two, three, Three, four, five, six. that's the no that's the subject of our next main feed episode go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially as a reminder 100 of every monthly payout is donated to the planned parenthood action fund you can donate one three five or ten dollars a month what do you get if you donate $1 a month? Well, you get Monday early access to all of our main feed episodes. Everyone else will have to wait until Wednesday. You're going to get them oh, right at the top of Monday morning. You also get a verbal shout out each and every week. Thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month. Caroline, Helena, Greg, Andy, Elizabeth, Aaron, Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Kate, Harry, Maddie, Jonathan, Marcus, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. You also get 18 episodes. Bonus episodes regarding the 73rd Annual Tony Awards. A trailer review for the film Cats. The Little Mermaid Live. A full review of the film Cats. Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater. Take Me to the World. A Sondheim 90th birthday celebration. Hamilton via Disney+. Plus, Documentary Now. Original cast album Co-op John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square Arlo the Alligator Boy A review of the trailer for West Side Story 2021 Vivo Natoni Awards present Broadway's Back Diana Annie Live and finally The Notebook at Chicago Shakespeare Theater I say finally but we have other bonus episodes coming your way It's True You Also Get Season 1 that's 12 episodes of Radio Boy a series for which I check in with myself via the non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself. And you also get, oh, all 13 episodes of M3, The Movie Musical Man. I'm updating my notes as I speak because... We used to have 12 episodes, but now we have 13 because we're making new ones. That's true. And our next new episode of M3 is dropping November 23rd. The theme for this episode, of course, as always, M3 is a show for which we watch trilogies of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. So every episode has a theme. And this episode, which drops November 23rd, did I already say that? I don't know. The theme is the Dark Ages Trilogy. We're watching The Court Jester from 1955. Camelot from 1967, speaking of Camelot, and Quest for Camelot from 1998. This is a Medieval Times trilogy, yes, yes. Grab your turkey legs and your light-up wands or whatever they served you at Medieval Times and get ready for those movie musicals. Let's move into the $3 a month tier. If you donate $3 a month or more, you get everything I've already described, plus a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. All 10 episodes of Wildcats Everywhere, the High School Musical Podcast, and a one-off all about Julie and the Phantoms. As a reminder, we have a brand new eight-episode bi-weekly series dropping March of next year for this tier. So, if you want to hear that brand new show, donate at least $3 a month. If you donate at least $5 a month, you get everything I've already described, plus you get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss on the podcast. You get seasons one and two, that's 24 episodes. Of All I Ask Of You, an advice show hosted by The Phantom of the Opera. You get all 14 episodes in our Broadway and Chicago review series and Shout About It volumes 1 through 5. Okay? What is Shout About It? Well, those are collections, compendiums, if you will, of 5, 6, 7, 8 coffee ads and musical shout-outs from the first 125 episodes. Finally, if you donate $10 a month, you get all of that. Can you believe it? You'll get all of that, but you'll also get more, 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 more. You'll get exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed, all 12 episodes that, that take up season one of The Snub Club, a series dedicated to Broadway musicals that were snubbed. They were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. And finally, you get all 12 episodes of our Turn It Off series, which is dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. If you want to hear us talk about off-Broadway shows, that's the show for you. If you're listening to The Musical Man via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, please take Take a moment to write a five-star review. We have not had a five-star review in some time. We love to hear, we love to know that you're sharing your thoughts with the world. You're helping to convince other people to listen to this show. So if you want to help us in that way, if you can't contribute financially, I understand. But take a moment to write that review. It's huge for us. The show is streaming via Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, or Podbean, .podbean musicalmanpod.podbean.com. I'm just saying you have options. Follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com Oh, I I received such a nice email from Liz regarding the Book of Mormon episode. Thank you so much for that email. I love emails. Let go of my show. Thanks as always to Patty. Benny's not here today, but I love Patty. I I love Benny. I love them both. Alex Green, thank you for our beautiful logo, and thank you, Zach Little, for our fabulous intro and outro music. Oh, well, you know what that sound means. Yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting oh well we'll catch up some other time specifically on the next episode of the musical man so long farewell off Venus and good night Patty let's do it let's boot scoot and boogie our way out of here <laughs>
4: I'm Elliot Gould. After my last movie, I put on a lot of weight, and I really needed help to get it off. So I called Jenny Craig. You know, you people down under have really got it made. So many great ideas are coming out of your country, and lucky for me, the Jenny Craig weight loss program was one of them. Jenny has been so successful helping people in Australia lose weight that I knew she could do the same for me. And she did. So I'd like to say to all my mates down under, if you've got a weight problem, just call your nearest Jenny Craig Center and get Jenny to do for you what she did for me. What with Crocodile Dundee and Jenny Craig, it's no wonder they call you the lucky country. And right
2: now, you could lose up to 50 pounds, 22 kilograms for only $5.50 a visit. So take a leaf out of Elliot Gould's book. Grab a pen and pay special attention to the number appearing on your screen right now. Come on, do it today.